You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Hello. Welcome to Love Talk Live. I'm Jamie Bronstein, your host. And today I have with me Mindy Gorman-Plutzer. Welcome. I'm so happy to be here with you, Jamie. I'm so happy to finally be doing this. We've talked about this for a long time. <laughs> We're finally doing it. Eventually, you can fly to LA. We could do another one actually in person in the studio. But for now, whatever is coming out of this lady's mouth is going to be inspirational. I just know it. Thank you. You're welcome. And also for all the viewers, Mindy and I have known each other for about 25 years. So I can vouch for this lady that she has so much wisdom to share and I trust her. And um, yeah, with without further ado, I'm going to read to you guys a little bit about Mindy, what she does, and we'll get into some content questions. Okay, so Mindy Gorman-Plutzer brings 25 years of experience to her private practice as a certified functional nutrition and lifestyle practitioner and eating psychology coach. Mindy's life experience and training inspired her to create a framework that combines functional nutrition, positive psychology, and mind-body science, introducing a compassionate resolution to physical and emotional challenges resulting from chronic and complex health issues as they relate to eating disorders. She's the author of The Freedom Promise, Seven Steps to Stop Fearing What Food Will Do to You and Start Embracing What It Can Do For You. And I love that that is part of your title because in my practice, I always tell people that life happens for us, not to us. Yes. It's a very spiritual concept. And so I love that that's part of your book. Can you tell us your journey to the book? What made you write the book? Um, some key aspects of the book and can we see the book? Oh, yes. Well, first of all, this is the book. And, okay. So this is the book, The Freedom Promise. And this book really came together organically. It came together organically as I laid out my seven steps to food freedom, which really has become my signature framework. My 20 plus years of disordered eating behaviors are the impetus behind the book. Every one of the chapters detailing each one of the seven steps starts with an anecdotal story of my own insanity. So the book is a little bit of my memoir, a lot of self-help, and I hope totally inspirational. And what I love about the book is that the steps I laid out can really be applied to anybody's life, anybody's journey, when they're trying to reclaim a part of themselves that was basically lost or stolen, which is the true definition of recovery. Mm. What it comes down to is relationship to self. And I know, Jamie, this is so much a part of what you do because our relationship to self is reflected in our relationship to everything else. And food becomes a very big part of how we lay out our relationship to self, how our relationship to self plays out. Because when you think about it, food is our very first experience with being seen, being heard, being felt, and being nurtured, of course, mm -hmm. is being nourished, right? It's that very first time that we receive that oxytocin rush 
from being swaddled and held close. And for a lot of people, somewhere along the line, that security gets skewed. And therefore, a disordered relationship with self plays out in a disordered relationship with food. As you're talking, I'm just thinking it's so interesting how everything really does go back to that self-love. And in my practice, I don't talk, my clients are different than your clients. My clients aren't. It's not necessarily the eating thing, but it's something. Maybe they were abused as a child or they had past negative relationships. And so they walk around with negative narratives, but everybody has negative narratives. It's just a matter of where it comes from and what life experiences everyone has had. And how, and how these negative experiences express themselves. You know, um, yes, my clients show up usually with too much or too little weight, but that's a symptom of something deeper. You know, and my work as an eating psychology coach helps them take that deep dive into understanding not only what they're eating, but what's eating them. So I really would not be surprised to learn that our clients are very similar. And how many of your clients come in stating that they are not seeking a romantic relationship until they lose the weight? Yes. And I know, oh my God, we have to talk about that. Excuses. I will be happy when I will be in a relationship when. Right. So can you, I mean, obviously you have clients like this. What do you do? How do you help somebody when they come in and they say, well, I need to lose the weight first and then I will be worthy of love, right? Well, we, we take a deep dive. It, it really is a process and it's baby steps. You know, the first step of the work I do with people is about clearing the clutter, eliminating the, the neurological junk, the, the negative self-talk that is filling their heads. Um, I talk about emotion versus thoughts. You know, emotions we can't control, but we can control our thoughts. Where is the negativity coming from? What were the messages that you received that brought you to this place of believing what you believe? So we do a lot of backing it up, as I like to say. You know, what brought you to this point? Always with honor, to honor the story, because it's always your story but with the, the knowledge that there is always the opportunity to turn the page and start to rewrite what can become a happily ever after. So whereas the, the weight could be the impetus to come in, you know, I've tried everything, this diet, that diet, I'm a failure, I'm no good at this, I'm broken. No, that's not no, true. No. no, it's that the diet's failing you. You haven't gotten the right support. So there's a, there's a lot of backing it up, a lot of foundational work that has to be done before we can even address the symptom that is the way. I'm all about root cause resolution. As a functional medicine practitioner, you know, I marry the functional piece with the eating psychology piece because it's all about root cause. You could pull the weeds out of, of the soil, but if the soil is damaged, if the soil is rifled with fungus and illness, the weeds are just going to grow back. It's just like a diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't just put a Band-Aid on something. You need to actually go and look at it and dissect it and heal it. 
Yeah. And as you're speaking, I'm thinking of this Oprah quote. I don't know exactly what it is, but she just talks about, she says, don't let your past be a predictor of your future. And that's exactly what you're saying. Do you want to live the rest of your life blaming your past, blaming outside experiences instead of owning it? Yeah. We are powerful people. We can co-create our lives. No question. You know, and this is not about blaming. It's about understanding and finding acceptance and compassion for those messages that were sent your way in a way that you can forgive and let go. Because Jamie, you know, you and I have talked before and you know how I feel that true transformation is more about what we let go of and less about what we do, right? Less about what we do to change and more about what we let go of in an effort to be the change. And that applies to anything that we're seeking in our lives. You know, the, the fully nourished life that we deserve and desire. So what is your recommendation? Can you just take us through like the steps that you would take a client through with to go from, I, I have these negative narratives, this voice, this ego in my mind won't shut up. How do I go from there to being free and letting go of those stories and the forgiveness and everything that, that you take your clients, the journey that you take them on? Yeah. Okay. So that brings me basically, if you don't mind, if I could just detail the seven steps. Yes. And it was so interesting to me because the way they laid out was so organic and it became an acronym for freedom. So the very first step is find your enough, face your feelings and feel the love. And by feel the love, I mean practice gratitude. So finding your enough is, is the, the foundation for everything we are each born with an innate sense of worthiness. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, very often, it gets lost along the way. So we've got to reclaim it. So sometimes that means talking to that little girl or little boy the way that they deserve to be spoken to. So we can negate the negativity. Because unless you find your enough, that freshly baked brownie, that new pair of shoes, that glass or two of wine is not going to do it in the mm -hmm. long term. Facing your feelings. That's hard for a lot of people. Sitting in the discomfort. It's one of the blocks to recovery. Being willing and able to face the feelings that we deem in intolerable, that we fear. When we face the feelings and we allow them to express themselves, that's how they pass. That's how the discomfort passes. And finally, feeling the love, finding gratitude. And sometimes in the beginning of this process, it's enough just to be grateful for the fact that you want to be grateful. So we start there. And for everybody that looks different, you know, everybody has their own story. Everybody is unique and everything matters. So we start there. The second step is rest and digest. And this speaks to the science of stress. Stress is so counterproductive to anything that we want to achieve. And it's very interesting because physiologically, when we are in that stress response, that fight, flight, or freeze response, sympathetic response of the autonomic nervous system, our physical digestion actually shuts down. 
we were biologically predisposed so that when we could run away from the tiger or run away from the dinosaur, all of the energy in our bodies went to our extremities so that we could get out of danger. The mm -hmm. last thing our bodies want to do is worry about the lunch we ate. So digestion literally shuts down. Digestion shuts down. We're not absorbing. We're not assimilating. We're not metabolizing. Now let's look at that metaphorically. We're in that stress response, that fight, flight, or freeze. How are you digesting, absorbing, assimilating, and metabolizing life around you? You're not. Exactly. So that's step two. Step three speaks to your, your, your dieters. Eat when you're hungry. Stop when you've had enough. Stress eating, some people refer to as emotional eating. I don't like that term, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But they eat when they're not hungry. They turn to food in an effort to numb, distract, avoid. Right? It's a, it's not, that's not the problem. It started out as a solution. So in this step, we learn the difference between physical hunger, what I call heart hunger or head hunger, and get to know the differences. And I give a lot of tools with which to figure out what's really going on so you can decide how you want to behave. And, and I'll go back to that emotional eating. I'm a big believer in feeling our emotions, but I'm also a big believer that we need to eat with emotion. When we eat, we should eat. Eating should be about experiencing everything around us, experience the room, experience the aromas, experience the flavors. That's gotten lost on so many people. Yes, we can turn to food as a reward. We can turn to food when we're stressed. But by calling it emotional eating, we make it a negative. And feeling our emotions should never be attached to negativity. Exactly. Step four, eat mindfully. Bring your best self to the table, right? Put away the devices, turn off the TV, engage with your meal. When you do so, your body will tell you when you've had enough. And engage with whoever you're eating with, if you are eating with somebody. Absolutely. No question. Don't, don't lose that. Don't get lost in that at all. The D, step five, do something every day to make your body feel alive. So that speaks to honoring your body with movement as opposed to punishing it in the gym with exercise that's designed to either make it go away, change it into something it can't be, or make up for something you ate, and in some cases, what you perceived you ate. That's like telling somebody with a size eight foot that they're going to fit into a size six. It's not going to work. Not going to work. Yeah, it's, it's embracing. I do. I wonder after you're done with this. I'm curious um, how you work with people with accepting that they are a size whatever and not a like they have a certain body type. Let's say that yes. will never be different. Exactly. Exactly. Um, the O is only eat whole food as often as you can. That speaks to the nutrition piece. What happens when you are deficient in the macronutrients of protein, fat, and carbohydrates, helping to dispel the toxic dietary myths of food groups being bad, taking the morality of food. Food is neither good nor bad. Um, if you eat an imperfect food, you are not an imperfect person. Huh. I also speak to the energetics of food, how food affects mood, and mood affects the food choices you're going to make. Mm -hmm. And then finally, make sure you surround yourself with what truly nourishes. So this speaks to our purpose, our spirituality, our, our movement, 
our relationships. And those are the seven steps. Wow. And I know that you have clients from all around the world. And I especially know that because I was on a summit. I was on a summit that Mindy did. And I was offering a 30-minute consultation, free complimentary. And this lady reaches out to me. I'm like, oh, where, where do you live? And she said, Australia. So Mindy's book has gotten out there. And I encourage anybody and everybody to read this. If you're watching this and you don't necessarily feel like it vibes with you, share it with somebody in your life because everybody can benefit from this. And like Mindy keeps saying, you actually, everybody, even if you don't think you can benefit from it, if you don't, if you don't personally have an eating disorder, let's say, you can still apply all of these to your life regardless. Yeah. And, and, you know, I would say that a lot of people perhaps are not clinically diagnosed with an eating disorder, but there is a disordered relationship with food. The difference is basically the severity and mm -hmm. the level with which these behaviors play out. But fearing what food will do to you, restricting food groups, um, attaching yourself to diet protocols that worked for somebody else's cousin's sister-in-law, um, being disconnected from your body in such a way that all of your thoughts about food are in your head, not listening to the wisdom of your body. Um, constitute disordered thinking about food, which spurs disordered behaviors. Yes, I mean, it all makes so much sense. And I love that you, before I did your summit, because I think disordered eating was part of the title of the summit. I had never even heard that term, disordered oh. eating. So I'm sure that people watching this today, maybe others are seeing, oh, well, maybe I can take a look at some of these things that are subconsciously going on or that I haven't brought awareness to. And I can look at them and I can be free. Yeah. Well, and that is rigid in whatever it is. You know, if your self-worth is based on your body shape and weight, that's disordered thinking with relationship to food and body. Right. If you have a disturbance in the way you experience your body, you know, maybe you fall into a healthy weight range, but you continue to feel that you're overweight. You know, fat is not a feeling. Fat is something right. you have on your body, but you also have a knee and an elbow and you would never say, I feel elbow. So, you know, fat is also an essential nutrient. Right? <laughs> don't realize fat is an essential oh fat i feel elbow I like that yeah you know it, so it's a disturbance in the way one experiences their body um if you are engaging in excessive or a rigid exercise routine and feeling guilty if you don't get to the gym or i'm uh, not too many people are going to the gym these days but or whatever yeah that routine obsessive calorie counting. These are all symptoms of disordered eating behaviors. If you have anxiety, confusion, fear about certain foods or food groups, that's a symptom of a disordered relationship with food. So, you know, it runs the gamut. And as I said, um, the, the severity of how these behaviors are carried out would indicate 
whether or not it's a more severe disorder. Could you give us an example? No names, obviously, confidentiality, but could you give us an example of a real life, someone who came in, they were just not feeling very good about their life, they were distraught, chaotic eating, everything disordered eating, and how their life turned around. And if it happens to be somebody who then ended up finding love, that would be great. <laughs> or their relationship got better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, comes to mind as a young woman that I was working with, um, very full life, successful, professional. Um, she had struggled with an eating disorder in college and had done a lot of work around it, a lot of work on herself. And here she was now living on her own, doing well in a job that she liked very much. Um, but there were, there were certain things lacking. And she was finding that when she came home after a full day of work, she would find herself binging, just losing herself to food, um, triggered, tired, and consuming an exorbitant amount of food, waking up in the morning, feeling what is really a food hangover, um, feeling shame, feeling guilt. And when we started to talk about how she was living her life, her sleep, her relationships, what her weekends were like, we found out through a lot of exploration that the weekends when she was with her friends, feeling nourished, she wasn't engaging in binge behavior. So we started to develop a toolbox after we went through the story that she was telling herself and how we could reframe it and came up with things for her to do that really nourished her when she got home from her, her day's work. Well, she ended up discovering that she loved yoga. She became a certified yoga instructor, started teaching yoga classes two nights a week, had wonderful weekends with her friends, waking up Monday morning feeling fantastic, and opened herself up to the possibility of, of life and the opportunities when she wasn't in that isolated cage that she created, her, created for herself coming home from work and looking to self-soothe and doing so with food. Needless to say, she met a great guy in her yoga class. Wow. And now she was feeling so good about herself, had so much confidence that she could now trust herself with food. She started to trust her body. And what's important to note is that we can't trust what we don't love. And we can't love what we don't trust. So one of the first things that I talk about with my clients is where they are in that trust piece with their bodies. Do they trust their hunger? Do they trust their ability to stop when they've had enough? So you can see it's so multifaceted, Jamie. And this is just one very small example. It took months for us to get this client to this place, but it's about being open to the possibilities, being willing to accept a mindset of abundance rather than a mindset of scarcity. Mm -hmm. Sitting with your feelings, which can be uncomfortable. Here she was having to come home from work and having to find other ways to self-soothe, ways that 
honor the need to self-soothe because we all need that, but in a way that wasn't self-sabotaging and ultimately self-destructive. I love that you helped her find her joy. Yeah. I literally yesterday had a client and we discovered that she, and she actually, ironically, she has some eating stuff going on. Um, she's a very high powered finance person and she started talking about her dad and we discovered that at one point her dad basically said something that made her alter her career path. She, when she was younger, she loved acting and singing and dancing, performing and she shut it down. And she currently does not have any joy in her life. So we tapped into that and it is joy. When you find your joy, you find what makes you feel alive. It changes your life. And as you're telling your story, I can, your story about your clients, I could literally like, I could see her. I could, it was so visual. I could see that transformation after she found that joy. So yeah. it's beautiful. And, and, you know, another point is when we find our enough, we very often realize that the external forces that we're looking for to fulfill us, whether it be a job or another person or a, a special belt or handbag or, or shoes, is not going to do it for us until we tap into that part of ourself where we are safe and loved and joyful. And then the fear is gone and the joy takes over. When we tap into our joy, when we unconditionally love ourselves, then we attract someone who's going to unconditionally love us and just add to the joy, not bring the joy. Exactly. That, that so beautifully said. I have a colleague that coined a phrase. I, I don't know how original it was, but she uses it a lot. She, she teaches about living a lighter life, you know, minimalism and how when we, when we let go of so much that literally and figuratively weighs us down, we live that lighter life, our bodies become lighter. But so many people are into that fear of missing out. You know, FOMO, she um, coined the term JOMO, the joy of missing out. How sometimes letting go of what we deem will put us over the top, make us feel so much better about ourselves won't do it. And there's joy in letting go of those internal trappings. Oh, that's so beautiful. And then it's looking at your life and saying, what can I learn from this? What is the opportunity in the seeing that what I maybe thought I needed or what I thought I wanted, I don't need. I always say the universe gives us what we need, not necessarily what we want. And so it sounds like that's a little Jomo-ish also. Yeah, no, I you know, it, it's so true. And, you know, for the, the people who are with us today who are thinking, like we alluded to when we first started speaking, that, you know, no one's going to love me until I lose these 10, 15, 50 pounds. No one's going to love you unless you love yourself first. Mm -hmm. So find what you can love about yourself now. You know, if it means you're not comfortable wearing the clothes that are in your closet, then then go out and shop for something new that you can feel good about now. Live, Start living the life now that you're going to live when you imagine you've lost that 10, 15 pounds. Be that person now. 
you know, be, be the change, let it go, lighten up, live that, that lighter life so that you can expand your presence on this earth. And when I say that, I don't mean your size, because when you're feeling, when you're living that small life, which happens in a big body very often when you're so unhappy, you're very contracted mm-hmm. and you're not able to receive the gifts of the universe. Okay, I just had this image yeah. of you and I being on some sort of panel together because I feel like we feed off each other so well. Because now I just want to add to this to anybody that's watching that, and I'm sure you work, this is like, this is what you do with your clients. This is what I do with my clients. It's the message that spe- specifically with romantic relationships that it's not two halves that come together to make a whole. What I do with my clients, what you do with your clients, we help people to feel whole within themselves Mm -hmm. and then it's two holes that come together and make more light in this world because it's that light you're showing you're showing up big in this world you're shining your light someone else who's whole coming together and then it's so authentic and genuine no unresolved issues well maybe little ones still here and there because we always learn throughout our lives but it's it's a healed person let's say and someone who doesn't need to play games and someone who just loves who they are and then two people just love each other and it's magic. Yeah, and it's also, it's about taking agency for and owning whatever needs to be resolved and looking at it as opportunity, Mm -hmm. not as something that's broken, that needs to be fixed, but it's about how it can mend and then how it can grow. Because there will always be triggers So we need to understand the triggers that goes back to who we are as eaters, who we are as walkers of of this blessed earth, right? And how we're behaving, why we're behaving the way we are, what purpose is it serving? You know, if I talk to, to somebody who's having a struggle with their behavior with food, I used to ask, where is the resistance coming from in letting go of this behavior? I don't anymore. I reframe that as a coach. And now I ask, where is the reward in you holding on to this behavior? It's it's serving a purpose. Yes. What is the, what are you getting out of staying where you are? Exactly. Exactly. Suffering. Yeah. And that could also apply to somebody who is struggling with weight and blaming the weight on the lack of a relationship, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's serving a purpose. The relationship could be painful. The relationship could be bringing back memories uh, of some trauma. Uh, the The weight could be protection. The weight could be um, an illustration of needing to carry a heavier load. So that's why we have to back it up and look at story, look at um, the messaging, the messaging that fostered the beliefs that are the the agents behind the urges. Mm-hmm. Agents behind the urges. And it's it's I love that you have freedom in your title and that's your brand and everything because everything that we're talking about today is about breaking free, breaking free from yourself. Absolutely. And everybody has the power to do it. Yeah, no question. You know, I, I when people talk to me about food, what should I eat? What shouldn't I eat? I always say, 
should shouldn'ts and shoulds keep you in a cage. Mm-hmm. Throw out the rules. Listen to the wisdom of your body. Invite your body to the table as an honored guest. Listen to what it's telling you. And that's true of anything, whether it's foods to eat, choices to make. Listen. Relationships to engage in. Listen. Your body knows sometimes more than your mind does. Yeah, I mean, intuition, and this is a whole other show, but intuition is my favorite topic to talk about. We always know the right answer for us, and that's all that matters. Yeah, but we have to trust our intuition. Yes, and it's it's a muscle, and it takes a little practicing. But once again, everybody has it. We're all born with one. Exactly. It's so true. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us today. Is there anything else that you want to leave the viewers with? Just the notion that if you're struggling with food, if you're struggling with body image, know that you're not broken. Know that these behaviors came at a time to help you navigate your world. But in time, maybe you're experiencing it now, these behaviors take you away from the world. You can navigate your world without these behaviors and open yourself up to the possibility of freedom. That's my promise. Mm. Oh, I just got the chills. And one more thing. And I always say that our, your challenges, your challenging relationships are your biggest teachers and your biggest challenges, challenging experiences are your biggest teachers. And that's exactly what you're saying. Look at it as, look at everything as an opportunity for learning and growth. And there's always possibilities. And as uncomfortable as it might be to sit through the process, I can guarantee that it's a lot less uncomfortable than where you really are right now. Mm-hmm. That's, that is so inspirational. I have a feeling you're going to be getting some calls or emails. And on that note, how do people find you? Tell us your socials. Tell us your um, website, everything. How can people buy your book? Instagram is thefreedompromise.com. The book, The Freedom Promise, is available on Amazon. I do have some free resources on my website, thefreedompromise.com. Uh, it would be thefreedompromise.com forward slash guide, which chronicles the seven steps that I laid out. Um, I have a masterclass, freedompromise.com forward slash masterclass. And I just launched a brand new video series. Um, it's 10 very short videos delivered to your inbox every day that addresses issues that come up in my practice um, and why my slightly unconventional method, my approach seems to have a more lasting and sustainable effect than the con conventional protocols that might not be working for you. So that would be the freedompromise.com forward slash video series, all available on the website. I believe the tab is freebies and I hope you take advantage. And I just want to make something clear. Your Instagram is the freedom promise because yeah. there was a dot com after that. Just oh, the freedom promise. Uh, yeah, I guess that's right. Freedompromise.com. The freedompromise.com. Okay. The website is thefreedompromise.com. I also have a Facebook group, a closed Facebook group called The Freedom Promise Way. Ooh. Um, 
Way, W-A-Y. And is your contact information on your website if anybody wants to? It is. You can schedule a free discovery call with me through the website, a 30-minute call. And everything you need to know about me and how I work is laid out on the website. And you can always reach out to me, Mindy at The Freedom Promise. Fantastic. And if anybody has any questions for me, I'm at therelationshipexpert.com. And my Instagram is therelationshipx, just the letter X, P-E-R-T. So thank you, Mindy, so much for joining us. This was so much fun, so inspirational as always. I seriously see us doing some sort of panel. I don't know where it's going to happen or when it's going to be, but I love working with you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Oh, thank you for having me. And we we really did intend to do this in person, but a little issue like COVID got in the way. Yeah. We will do it at some point. All right. Thank Thank you. you so much. And everybody at home, thanks for joining us tonight. Join us every week on Love Talk Live. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Mindy. You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio.